16-year-old Tristan rode in the front passenger seat while his mom drove. His 12-year-old brother Tanner was in the back. Tristan was still upset with his mom, so he looked out of the window at the cloudy sky and remained silent. He knew why they were going to Met's Ford dealership. Several months ago, his mom had sold his dad's 1990 Ford Bronco. It was one of the only mementos he had left of his father, a Marine who had lost his life in Iraq when Tristan was only four. One of the fondest memories was during a road trip from Colorado to California when just the two of them had picked up the Bronco. Tristan remembered sleeping in the truck with his dad and enjoying the beautiful scenery in Colorado. For years, the 29-year-old truck had sat in the family garage and he had hoped that his grandpa would help him fix it up so it could be his first car. However, one day while he was at school, his mom had sold it to someone. She had told him that it would be too expensive to repair. They could use the money from the sale to buy a newer, better car. And that was why they were headed to Metz Ford. After parking, the three of them entered the showroom and were met with a huge round of applause. Tristan looked around the lobby in surprise and recognized faces of many family and friends he had grown up with. What were they all doing here, he wondered. After the applause died down, the owner of the Ford dealership gave a short speech. Suddenly, a paper curtain was ripped away to reveal his dad's completely restored Ford Bronco. Tristan couldn't believe his eyes. He felt like he was dreaming. He later found out that his mom had secretly taken the Bronco to Metz to have it restored so he could drive it after he received his driver's license the next month. He slowly walked toward the passenger door and looked inside. He could almost see his dad at the driver's seat, beckoning him to join him on another journey. He looked over at his mom. Can I get in? This podcast is about heroes in military and law enforcement. Some gave their service for America and served in the armed forces. Some have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom and others protected the local community and died in the line of duty. Our lives would be a whole lot different if it weren't for the hard work and sacrifice of these brave men and women. They could have gone on to live lives that were less dangerous. However, they dedicated themselves to your protection. If you ever have the pleasure of talking to one of them, they'll tell you, I'm not a hero, but I have the honor of walking beside a few. Others will say, the real heroes are those who didn't make it back home. This episode is dedicated to U.S. Marine Corps Sergeant Nicholas Walsh, Iraq War. Nick was a team leader in Charlie Company, 1st Reconnaissance Battalion, 1st Marine Division, 1st Marine Expeditionary Force, and with the 1st Marine Division's 1st Reconnaissance Battalion. Nicholas Walsh was born on June 17, 1980 in McDonough, Georgia. Marine blood ran thick in the Walsh family. His grandfather, Walter R. Walsh Sr., was a reputable FBI agent in the 1930s who took out many notorious gangsters. He was later a sharpshooter Marine who fought in the Battle of Okinawa. Also, one of Nick's uncles and two of his cousins had served in the Marine Corps. Nick's father, Jerry Walsh, worked as an INS special agent in Birmingham, Alabama. His parents divorced when Nick was very young, and his stepmother, Maggie, married his dad when he was five. She helped raise him and his two brothers, Ian and Flynn. 
Nick graduated from John Carroll Catholic High School in Birmingham, Alabama in 1998, where he had played football and ran track. Nick's favorite place on earth was in the wilds of Montana's Glacier National Park. He also spent many hours fixing up cars with his dad and enjoyed downhill skiing and snowboarding. Shortly after graduating from high school, he enlisted in the Marine Corps. Nick served for four years in the Corps and completed his first tour in Iraq before discharging and joining the Navy Reserves. Nick and Julie Kilgore had met in North Carolina, fell in love, and moved back to Illinois. While there, he worked construction and took classes at Southwestern Illinois College. When Julie wanted to go to nursing school, Nick stayed home with his sons and allowed her to follow her dream. The couple married in 2005, just two days after Nick rejoined the Marine Corps. His wife later recalled, He said, I just have this need. I just feel like this is my purpose. It was his calling to be in the military and serve his country. Shortly after re-enlisting, he went through training for the Marine Corps' elite force recon and was assigned to Camp Pendleton, San Diego, California. With Force Recon, Nick would penetrate deep into enemy territory on clandestine scouting operations. According to the Marine Corps, the mission of Force Recon is to conduct amphibious reconnaissance, surveillance, and raids in support of the Marine Expeditionary Force. He left for his second deployment on March of 2007. Nick was very humble and never told his family any details of what he did while in Force Recon. He wanted to be there. He felt like he was doing something good. His stepmother Maggie said once, He used to tell me that nobody talks of the good things going on there in Iraq, but he saw it in the faces of the people, in their waves and in their smiles. He was prepared. He was ready to go. He knew the stakes. He was a proud Marine. During his second deployment on May 26, 2007, Nick's wife said that he called her during an unusual time. He had explained, I just woke up and couldn't go back to sleep and felt like I needed to call you. Several hours later, on their way to an operation, a flat tire on one of the Humvees halted Nick's unit on the streets of Fallujah. When help finally arrived, Nick exited the vehicle and stood guard with the other Marines. Suddenly, a shot rang out. The Marines heard the bullet whiz by and then Nick said, Oh, that hurts. And then he collapsed. Realizing they were under attack, everybody ran for cover. The sniper bullet had torn through two of Nick's arteries and punctured his lung. He eventually died in the hospital. He was only 26 years old and left behind his wife and two sons, four-year-old Tristan and four-month-old Tanner. Nearly 200 people lined the streets and held American flags when Walsh's casket arrived for the funeral at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Fort Collins, Colorado, where his parents lived. Inside, mourners, many of them Marines, family and friends filled the pews. One of the first to speak was one of Walsh's fellow Marines, Ben Polmeyer. Through tears, he said, the thing about Nick was whether it came to work in Iraq or at home, the traits he had were those of a loving, comforting leader. He went head on into being a leader, a husband and a father. For me and for all of us, he was the professional, the level head. He was our big brother, a mentor, and a mediator. Nick's brother, Ian, then spoke. Nick was my hero long before he went to Iraq, he said. He was my hero when he took me for walks in Montana when I was learning how to walk. 
He was my hero just because he was my big brother, and he spent time with me. Then Julie walked up to the podium and said her last goodbye. She referred to that final phone call Nick had made just hours before he was shot. In some strange way, Julie Walsh said, someone was trying to give me that last goodbye. He died a couple hours later. I'm just really going to miss him. He was a really good husband, a really good dad. He went above and beyond trying to help everybody. After the funeral mass, the attendees, many of them Marines who had served with Walsh during his first tour in Iraq, gathered outside to observe the final military services. After a 21-gun salute, Walsh's Marine friends respectively folded the American flag that had previously covered his coffin and presented it to his wife. Grasping the flag to her heart, and while her eyes filled with tears, she said her last goodbyes to her husband. Nicholas Walsh was to be cremated after the services. The hearse made its slow drive toward the cemetery as bagpipes played the Marine hymn in Amazing Grace. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Remember My Name podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, please email me at RememberMyNamePodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach me on Instagram at RememberMyNamePodcast and on Twitter at RMNPodcast. Now take a moment and remember this name, Nicholas Walsh.